Back in the day when my girls were born, it was not easy to share photos and videos with loved ones, but you have a fantastic option available, the Family Album app. The Family Album app was created in 2015 and has operated in the long term to give parents a secure and easy way to share photos and videos with loved ones. It's a totally secure personal haven for your family's memories. I love that there's no third-party ads, no unwanted eyes. Now, let me share some of the great features that make the Family Album app a go-to app. First off, the app automatically sorts photos and videos by month, allowing you to swipe back in time and see how your child has grown. No more scrolling through endless feeds or searching through folders. Another cool feature about the Family Album app is you can order eight free photo prints every month to be delivered to your home. It's really nice to have some tangible pictures to hold onto or share to document each month of your baby's life. Plus, the Family Album app has unlimited storage and it is totally free. Yes, you heard that right. No more worrying about running out of space or being bombarded by ads when you're just trying to relive those heartwarming moments. So if you are still trying to use other messaging apps for your kids' photos, it is time to level up your family photo game with a free photo sharing app. Head over to the App Store today, search Family Album, it's all one word, download the app and start creating a legacy of love one photo at a time. Don't let diaper rash come between you and your baby. Diaper rash can be one of the worst experiences your little one has to go through and keeping their delicate skin happy and healthy shouldn't require a spatula to apply thick, goopy treatments that can be just as irritating and uncomfortable as the diaper rash. Instead, try Dr. Mom Butt Balm. Dr. Mom Butt Balm is a pediatrician approved skin protectant free of dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide. It was developed by a mom who is also a doctor when she couldn't find any traditional products that worked for her baby's persistent diaper rash. Use just a small amount of Dr. Mom Butt Balm to help soothe your baby's skin and feel good about making the right choice. Nothing comes between you and your baby, not even diaper rash. Check out Dr. Mom Butt Balm, available on Amazon or walmart.com. This is a great birth story episode of an unmedicated vaginal birth despite being diagnosed with COVID while in labor. Welcome to the All About Pregnancy and Birth podcast. I'm Dr. Nicole Calloway-Rankins, a board-certified OBGYN who's been in practice for nearly 15 years. I've had the privilege of helping over 1,000 babies into this world, and I'm here to help you be calm, confident, and empowered to have a beautiful pregnancy and birth. Quick note, this podcast is for educational purposes only and is not a substitute for medical advice. Check out the full disclaimer at drnicolerankins.com forward slash disclaimer. Now let's get to it. Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. This is episode number 179. I am so glad you are spending some of your time with me today. In this episode, we have a fantastic birth story episode with Deandria. Deandria is a registered nurse and a wife to a police officer. 
and she is now a mom of three. As a family, they enjoy vacationing, outside play, and just spending time with each other. So in the episode, you're going to hear about DeAndrea's third birth. This was her first birth that was unmedicated, and she took a different approach this time. She was very intentional about getting more educated so that she went into her birth more prepared. For this birth, she actually took my birth plan class and as a result, learned some red flags about her doctor. She ended up changing from a doctor to a midwife practice in her third trimester. She also had a doula this time, although her doula couldn't actually be in the hospital with her because she tested positive for COVID when she was admitted to the hospital. Despite that, however, she still had a beautiful unmedicated vaginal birth and you are going to hear about all of that in the episode. Now, I mentioned that DeAndrea took my birth plan class and you should too. It is called Make a Birth Plan the Right Way. And it is a step-by-step process of helping you make a birth plan or teaching you the exact way to make a birth plan so it actually works to help you have the birth that you want. Printing out a piece of paper from one of those templates or forms that you found online is well-meaning but completely inadequate. Showing up with that at the hospital is not the best strategy, the best way to help you have the birth that you want. Really a birth plan or making a birth plan needs to be a process where you will understand that the people who are there for your birth, the doctors and the hospital where you give birth actually support what is on that piece of paper. And if you wait until you go into labor to find that out, that is too late and it could potentially set you up for massive disappointment. So in my birth plan class, you learn specific questions to ask so that you will know whether or not the people who are there will support you. That's what DeAndrea found out about her doctor. That's why she switched. So you need to take the birth plan class. It's called Make a Birth Plan the Right Way. You can sign up for it at drnicolerankins.com forward slash register. All right, let's get into the birth story episode with DeAndrea. Thank you, DeAndrea, for agreeing to come onto the podcast and navigating the little bit of tech challenges we had here recording. I am excited to have you come on and share your birth story. Yes, I'm happy to be here. All right. So why don't you tell us a bit about yourself and your family? So um, I am a registered nurse. I've been a nurse for about eight years. Um, My husband is a police officer. We got married about, uh, we got married six years ago. Um, we have three kids, uh, Allison, she's, uh, five, um, Kaysen's three and Asher is six months. Um, we love to, uh, go outside and play kickball. Um, family time is, is huge for us. Of course we have a busy schedule, but, um, we, we try to make, make do and have that time. So. Gotcha. Gotcha. And what kind of nurse are you? I am um, mostly um, step-down ICU, med surge, telemetry. Actually, um, I am an instructor now at a college. Okay, so. nice. That's a nice, I'm sure, maybe break because step-down folks were kind of getting slaughtered in COVID times. Yes. Yes. <laughs> All right. So we are going to focus mostly on your recent birth, baby number three. 
uh, just because that one was different than your other two. So we'll talk about how things were a little different this time around this for this one. You had an unmedicated birth and you had a doula and we'll get to that. But first, let's talk about what your pregnancy and your prenatal care was like. Did you see a physician or a midwife? How did you feel about the care you received during your pregnancy? So um, when we first we, we decided um, when we got pregnant, we found out we decided to go back to my uh, the doctor that uh, delivered our first because um, we just love the hospital. But um, I found this podcast and actually <laughs> I um, I have always wanted to pursue something like more um, not as much intervention uh-huh. um, and just that that comfort of being with someone that truly listens and that you're comfortable with. And so midwife was always in the back of my head. Um, and literally I would say we went to our OB for about 37 weeks. And finally I I started, I actually, um, used a few of your brochures, um, to see if, if it was a right fit for me. Right. Uh, and I was asking questions and there was some red flags and, um, Mm, what kind of red flags if you don't remember? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I asked if, um, I could have like maybe a little bit of popsicles or something to kind of moisten my mouth during, during delivery, um, just something at my bedside. And he's like, absolutely not. Like you can't anything to eat or drink once you uh, come through the doors pretty much because of the risk of um, a possible C-section and the need to stay in PO. Yeah. That's a red flag. Yes. That was one. Another was delayed cord clamping. Um, I I really wasn't just so strict about it, but I Uh just kind of wanted to have that time where, by the time they get the baby on your chest, um, you're having that bonding time and cutting the cord kind of coexistently, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and he also kind of said that that wasn't going to be feasible. Um, they do. The, the hospital is a firm believer on that um, straight to the mother's chest. But he it wasn't like he was truly interested in what I was asking. Mm-hmm. Um, Okay. Okay. Yeah. So then at 37 weeks, did you change? Yes. Wow. Wow. Okay. So you did you change to a midwife or another physician? I changed to a midwife. So I did not know that the hospital that we were delivering at uh-huh. actually has a midwife team. And when I found out about it, I, I um, took my husband, we both went for a consult he was kind of on the fence about it because he didn't know really how it worked. Mm-hmm. Um, but our first consultation, we both were like, this is where we need to be. And mm. we transitioned over to the midwives team at gotcha. the hospital. Gotcha. Were you worried at all about hurting your doctor's feelings or anything like that? There was just some things that I, I truly wanted. I know this was our last, this was going to be our last baby and, I felt like I deserved to have the experience that I was looking for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I think that kind of just ruled it, ruled it all. Gotcha. Gotcha. And I went for it. And was he ever like, 
during your prenatal visits, was he ever mean or anything or short? Or was it just like, it wasn't until you kind of asked these more specific questions that you realized, hey, like, this is not gonna work? Um, He was never mean. Uh, That was really wasn't the case. It's just, he, there was, there was just things like even with pain, um, with pain management, I do remember I, I told him that I wanted to, um, do different positions Mm -hmm. and, and things like that. And he was like, well, as long as the telemetry, uh, not the telemetry, but the, uh, monitors don't become affected. Mm -hmm. Like it was always like, as long as this, as long as that. Gotcha. 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 And, but he was, he was really, he's a, he's still a really good doctor. I think overall, I just, from what I was looking for, that just wasn't it. Gotcha. 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 And did you have any problems or issues during your pregnancy? With uh, the two, with my other two pregnancies? Yeah. With with any of the three, like any blood pressure issues or issues with the baby's growth or anything like that? I guess more specifically with this third pregnancy that made him, cons- was there, was there a reason why he would be, have a heightened concern at all? Yes. I did have blood pressure issues in the past. Um, so uh, the first, it was pretty intense where um, my daughter's heart rate dropped. My blood pressure skyrocketed. I couldn't, um, I wasn't, uh, I had stayed at a six for a very, very long time. Okay. Uh, they actually rushed me to the emergency, uh, the, um, uh, to beat, to have a C-section. But then okay. by the time I, I got an epidural, ended up getting an epidural. And by the time I got to the C-section room, everything was fine. I can still push and I can still feel everything, but it's like my blood pressure stabilized and her heart rate came back to, uh, where it needed to be. Okay. <clears throat> so, that was the first time. Now, the second time, it was pretty fast. I was able to, the drive was about 40. We live in a rural area. And so the uh-huh. drive is always about 45 minutes to an hour with all of the hospitals that I've delivered. Okay. And by the time we got there, I was at an eight. Okay. My second one. Um, and everything was progressing. But then they restricted me to the bed. I couldn't move. I couldn't get up. My back was killing me. I was. I kept asking to move. They just really wouldn't work with me in in moving. Um, and I became to where I just stayed at an eight for like, I'd say five hours. Um, got the epidural again because I just couldn't take it anymore. And then half of my body was numb. The other half wasn't. Ooh. And so that they kept tilting me and. Um, trying to find a way. It was just a bad experience. Both times was gotcha. was a bad experience. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, so you definitely wanted I, something different this time. Yeah. That second time I actually had to get on mag um, for my blood pressure. It was just still, it was pretty high in the 200s uh, to the point where I had to go home on blood pressure medication. So okay, it definitely was there in my, in my history. Gotcha. But during your pregnancy or do especially I guess during this third pregnancy did you have any issues with, with blood pressures and I take it that midwives still felt comfortable taking care of you no I actually 
Um, all the times I did not have blood pressure issues until labor. So even with this time, I did not have any blood pressure issues. It, it was stable. They had me on the baby aspirin, uh-huh. um, for, you know, prophylactically. But other than that, I didn't have anything wrong. Okay. Okay. Expecting parents who are looking for great nursery decor, this message is for you. As you prepare for the beautiful journey ahead, let Home Threads be your partner in creating a serene nest for your growing family. At HomeThreads.com, explore a collection designed for comfort and style during this special time. From cozy nursery essentials to soothing rocking chairs, Home Threads has everything to create the perfect home for your little one and always at the best value. If you like unique items, then you definitely need to check out Home Threads. We got a silver picture frame from Home Threads that is absolutely beautiful. It's one of those timeless classic items that will last for years to come and it fits in any space in your home. Be sure to visit homethreads.com forward slash Dr. Nicole today and receive a code for 15% off your first order. Home Threads, love where you live. Okay, so then at 37 weeks, you switched to the midwives and then from there, how did things go? I think it went very well. Um, They already had a lot of things on my birth plan in place. Um, There was, there was really nothing. I would ask them, okay, do you do this? You do that. And then they just would say, yeah, that's what we do. That's what we've always done. Okay. So it really felt smooth going forward. It it did. Um, Even like the going into like the, um, the appointments, it was so different, like compared to getting up on a table, a medical table at the midwife's clinic, they had um, a couch and it was like calming music. I mean, it mm. was just very different, just a different take on prenatal uh, care. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So what did you do to prepare for your birth? Um, I literally listen to the podcast every day, all day. (laughs) I mean, so much, so much. Um, I, like I said, I live in a rural community. And Uh so, um, whenever I drive to work as well, about an hour commute, um, to and back. So that's two hours in the car. And literally I would just binge your, um, (laughs) the podcast I love the birthing stories um there was a lot of things like whenever I was actually thinking about transferring to my OB to my mid uh, to the midwives there was a session that you spoke on with a with a birthing story and she moved at 40 weeks and I was like oh okay right so it's possible (laughs) (laughs) so um it was that is really what I did um I don't really think I did much other than like a lot of your um your pain management things on your uh-huh. website right. and the birthing plan I, I I listened to that and created that um and then your podcast yeah nice 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 I said what are some things that you wanted for your birth yeah so um 
I, the main thing is I wanted it to be, um, no medication. I have used the, um, the epidural. Uh I used the epidural like twice. And I was like, I really don't want to use that again. It was just not a good experience for me. Even with my first, I really didn't have like, it just maybe knocked off the edge of my blood pressure and her heart rate. Mm -hmm. But other than like pain management, it really wasn't helpful. And then the second time it was just dreadful. It was horrible. So I wanted to definitely find a way to where I don't have, I didn't have to use that. And so that's when the doula came into play. Um, I heard from you all your podcasts that that would, that's a really good thing to have, um, especially going into a non-medicated birth. Right. And so I got a doula. And at what what point did you hire a doula? How far along were you? I actually uh, reached out to my doula, I would say uh, four months in. Okay. So pretty early. Yes. And that's about the time I found your podcast as well. So um, about four months in. So we got a really good rapport with each other, which I think was very important. I felt very comfortable with her. Gotcha. Gotcha. And um, so you felt like she was a good resource for you as you were going through your pregnancy also. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. She uh, gave me a huge uh, handbook of different positions and um, pretty much gave me the idea of how it would work with her plan of coming in and using my husband to help calm me, relax me, massage me. Even herbal teas. She actually gave me like an herbal tea to kind of help um, the red raspberry tea. Uh huh. She gave me that, uh, and I could start drinking that after the third. After I started the third trimester to help my uterine contract the way it should. She also gave me like um, the herbal bath. Uh, just so many different things that I did not know about, and I had to do research on. But she was a very a very good resource for me. So. With those gotcha. things. Gotcha. Nice, nice, nice. So let's get into what your labor and birth was like. What did, how did that um, happen? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and going back to your other question, water is also what I wanted, by the way. Oh, um, gotcha. Okay. Definitely. And I, my hospital had the water tub, but they weren't able to deliver in the water tub. But you could do all your labor in there. So, um, so, uh, it was a month, um, Asher came a month early. I woke up one morning and, uh, literally just felt a gush in the bed. And I said, wow, um, it's time. (laughs) (laughs) My husband started freaking and he's like, okay, I got this. I got the kids. And he was getting the kids ready. It's so much different having children and going into labor. You definitely have to have a plan. So uh-huh. we don't live far from my parents and they came down to um, to, to grab the babies. And so we could go ahead and head out. Um, the only thing was I wasn't having contractions. Okay. So I called. Um, she said just to hang tight. My, my um, doula, hang tight. Uh, but then she notified my midwife and she said, well, this was before I got the strep test. Uh huh. And so I needed to go ahead and come in because I had, I had ruptured my membranes and they need, they need to come and give me the antibiotics. And so, um, so wait a minute, how many weeks were you again when you transferred to the midwives? 
Oh, oh gosh. Hold on. Let me see. Has it been 34 actually? Maybe 34. Okay. 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 Yeah. Cause I was, I was early. Okay. Okay. But so you only must've had a, just a couple visits with them. Yes. I only mm-hmm. had probably like three visits. Okay. okay. So I guess even, it could have been even 32. Uh, I just know I was a month early. I wasn't even 36. I was 35 weeks whenever um, Asher came. Okay. Okay. So you weren't having contractions, but they said because you were early that you needed to go ahead and come on in. Yes. Okay. And yeah. did you say, was it your doula who called your midwife or was it you who called the midwife? It was my doula. Huh. Okay. Yes. She has a very good connection with all the midwives there. Uh-huh. Like I, they could be friends. I don't know. But she was like, let me call. Uh, let me see who's on call and I'll let you know what to do. And she called me back and told me that I needed to go ahead and come in because I hadn't got that test yet. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I wasn't having contractions by the time I got in the car, uh, we decided to stop by Waterburger and grab some food. Of course, um, Waterburger. When we got in the line, I started contraction. <laughs> so uh, my husband's like, "Great!" <laughs> so that was that. And so um, we got food and we started heading to the uh, hospital. And at that moment, I was having contractions. So by the time I got to the hospital, uh, I walked in. Everything was fine. I had a little towel in between my legs. I felt like a weirdo, but <laughs> I, because it was just constant. Right, um, right. And so I got up to the um, OB floor and uh, I told him, I said, I'm in labor. My water broke. Um, by the time we got in the room, my contraction stopped all of a sudden. They, they, they weren't present really anymore. I really didn't feel anything. And of course, they check you for COVID. So I got my COVID test and they came back and they said that I was positive for COVID. Oh. So oh. everything changed after that. Um, they wouldn't allow my doula to come in. Okay. And I was really upset about that because I, I was, bet. she was my, my comforter. I, my mom couldn't even come in. It was just me and my husband. People were coming in with like these, you know, the yellow gowns. And it was like I had this horrible disease. You know, it just felt like I was just yuck, you know. Oh. Um, and so that was kind of like, oh, my God, I cannot right. believe it. I'm. I came, I came, went into labor a month early and now I'm positive for COVID and right. can't leave and my husband right. can't leave everybody in here. So, um, were you yeah. having any symptoms at all? So, um, a week ago, a week before this happened, I had this crazy like sinus thing and it was enough to like, I just felt so tired. I didn't know if it was, it, that was it. That's all it was. It was just mm-hmm. sinus. It wasn't like I didn't have a fever. I didn't have the chills. I didn't have any of the symptoms that you would think. That's all it was, was sinus pressure. And just, I just wanted to sleep. Sure. Okay. And I guess that's kind of where it was. Uh huh. But I had no symptoms at all going into the hospital. Gotcha. And had you been exposed to it that you knew of? 
Not that I know of, but mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm a nurse. And so, yeah, so of course. Yeah. 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 So then that obviously threw you for a huge loop. Was your doula able to provide any support for you? For the most part, we just text back and forth and her and her, her and my husband talked on the phone. Okay. And she would tell us what to do, how to apply pressure to the bag. She sent us um, like photos of where to position his hands on my back because I was right. telling her that everything was just the pressure, the counter pressure on my back was very helpful. Um, she talked to us about when to get in the tub and if I'll be and and when um, and when I need to get out the tub. Um, which the nurses was talking to me about that as well. But that's kind of our communication gotcha. at, the, at this point was gotcha. by, by um, she was actually supposed to, she uh, was also a birth pro- photographer. I wasn't mm. able, unfortunately. Um, so anyway, it was, it was, it was something. So we got the antibiotics started. I still have not went back into contractions yet. And they told me um, we may have to start Pitocin. And I was like, we are not starting Pitocin. <laughs> <laughs> we are not starting Pitocin. I actually had Pitocin my first. And it was brutal. I think it was worse than contractions for me personally. Um, I was like, I don't want to start Pitocin. So right. I said, what are my options? They said, well, we can start you on a, on a breast pump. Uh, and uh, maybe that'll help with the contractions. Um, I said, okay, let's try it. So I actually started pumping and I would say probably an hour in, I started having contractions again. It activated them back up. I was like, thank God. So, um, but then when they came, they came like vengeance. Okay. Um, so I was getting antibiotics. Uh, I was pumping, I started having contractions and I went into labor as it was like full blown, um, contracted labor. Um, at you said after about an hour of the breast pump. Yeah. After about an hour with the breast pump, I went into labor. Um, when I got there, I was at a six and, um, literally between from six to, um, for in, in three hours I was pushing. Okay. After the contraction, after the contraction started back. So that was pretty fast. It was very, very fast. Very fast. I almost gave up. I was like, I need, I may need something. My husband was there. He was so helpful. Um, I wanted to get in the tub, but they wouldn't allow me. Um, they would not allow me because of something. I cannot remember why, but I couldn't get in the water. And I really okay. wanted to get in the water. Um, but finally, they were like, okay, you can get in the water. Um, so it takes forever for those tubs to fill up. Mm-hmm. And by the time I got in the water, it took 10 minutes to fill up the the, the tub. And I was like, can mm-hmm. I get in the water? I get in the water and say, yes, you can finally get in the water. So I got in the water. I literally was in there for three minutes and got out. the water. <laughs> and it was like, I got to push or. Because they told me you cannot have this baby in the tub. If you start to feel the urge, you need to get out. And so um, I got in there and I guess it must have relaxed me just enough to be ready. So I okay. said, okay, I got to get back out. 
my uh, midwife came in. She was in, in and out throughout the whole thing. That's another thing that was different for me. I never seen my OB in either first and second time mm-hmm. until it was closer to birthing. Like right. they'd come maybe for a little bit at the beginning when I first got there, but then I never really saw them again. Right, right. But this time your midwife with was, the was, midwives, it was uh, they were a lot she was more in present. there with the nurses, like just constant, um, which I really appreciated. Okay. Especially since your doula wasn't there. Hey, so you made it this far in the episode and I'm thinking it's because you enjoyed this podcast. Well, if that's the case, then I have a favor to ask. Creating and producing the All About Pregnancy into Birth podcast has been one of the greatest joys of my life. I'm so grateful to have each and every one of you on this journey with me. Your support and engagement means the world to me, and it's what helps keep this podcast going. But here's the thing. Producing a podcast involves time, effort, and resources from recording equipment to an editor, hosting fees, coordinating guests, countless hours spent researching and crafting content. It all adds up. And that's where I could use your support. I've never wanted to turn all about pregnancy and birth into a paywall. I want it to remain accessible to everyone. That's why I've set up a way for you to support the show financially if you're able and willing. If this podcast has helped you during your pregnancy, your birth, or your life, I'm asking you to consider contributing to the show. Your support will help cover production and team costs and ensure that I can continue delivering the episodes you love. So in the month of March, head to drnicolerankins.com forward slash support and contribute whatever you can. Your support, no matter how big or small, makes a significant impact. It helps us continue delivering high quality content and ensures the future of all about pregnancy and birth. Again, that's drnicolerankins.com forward slash support. Thank you so much for being part of the All About Pregnancy and Birth community. Now back to the show. So then what was pushing like for you? Uh, Pushing, I would say I pushed five times. Okay. Yes. (laughs) It was very, it was. I mean, I don't, it, the experience was like night and day when it comes to going toward this approach. And I'm so thankful I was, I had the, the guts to, to just advocate for myself. If that, if that was the experience that I wanted, mm-hmm. uh, advocate for myself for that to happen. And um, so I pushed five times baby came out. I think she had to tilt my pelvic, my pelvis just a little bit. And everything was, was great. He came out. He was six pounds, um, 10 ounces a month early. His score was, I can't remember. I don't know how it's been a while. Yeah. OB. (laughs) (laughs) It was high. It was one of the highest scores. They said that he was perfect. Um, he, it was great. Nice, nice, nice. So completely different than your other two experiences. Oh my gosh. It was so different. In a good way. Of course. In a very good way. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Do you regret like not doing it sooner, trying to do it this way? Or were yes. you just happy that you had this type of experience? 
I, I, overall, I'm happy. I'm happy that they're all here. You know, I have three beautiful babies. Um, but I just wish that I had the education. I, I educated myself so much with this pregnancy. Um, I wish I would have done that with the others instead of just kind of going through the motions. I think that that's huge is educating yourself and all your options. Um, and even post postpartum, it was so simple. Um, and to top it all off, I didn't have blood pressure issues. Mm. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's so strange. It's like, you know, I've had blood pressure issues these last two times, but with this time I, I didn't, my blood pressure was fine. We Mm. stayed for three nights just because Asher had um, Billy Rubin level, the jaundice. He had jaundice. Sure. But that was with all of my babies. So he was just with them. They were all like that. So, um, and they wanted to watch him closely because he was technically a preemie Mm -hmm. because he wasn't at that, what, 36 weeks. Yeah. 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 Okay. But he was able to go home with you. Yes. He was able to go home. He never went to the, um, the IC, the, the PD ICU. Um, he never went to NICU. He never went to the NICU. Um, he stayed in there with me. Uh, the only thing, like I said before was we just couldn't leave and nobody could come in, um, because I was considered COVID positive. So, Mm -hmm. but, um, thankfully they were just, they just kept us in our room, including the baby. And, um, even the, uh, the doctor, the pediatrician, he was actually happy that happy at one point that I did have COVID because he said that the antibodies was transferable into the baby. Gotcha. Depending on how long I prior to um, me getting there that I had it. So. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. And then, so then afterwards you didn't have any symptoms or issues or anything from the COVID? No, I had no issues from the COVID. Um, thankfully. Did your husband ever test positive? No, he never tested positive. Um, Literally, we were just very surprised. Right. Positive whenever we got there. I I honestly think I had the, the, the actual um, virus the week before, and it was just me still being positive. Uh Uh-huh. That's that's probably exactly exactly what happened. And then did you breastfeed? I did. I breastfed I, I breastfed all three. Um and with Asher, I I went straight to it as usual. Um he latched. It was perfect. I did use the um consultant, the breastfeeding consultant, always um a good refresher to um see her tips, but at she came in and he was perfect and he was she's like well there's nothing for me to do so he um latched good and he is eating he's breastfeeding till this day okay and how old is he now he is now six months okay all right right. (laughs) awesome 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 so although things didn't go exactly as you intended with the covid and your baby coming early when you look back, how do you feel about things? Well, I, I'm just glad it all worked out. I was very scared when I went into, when I, when my water broke a month early, it mm-hmm. was very scary. Um, 
I I just didn't know. I didn't know right. what was going to happen. Um, and then even with just everything with the COVID and me not being able to have my doula in there, I, I just kind of broke down a little bit at um, at the hospital just because. But then I remembered. Um, I remembered. I remember honestly your podcast. I remember how it says, you know, you have a plan, but at the same time, be open minded that things may not go as planned and to adapt and to adjust and um, stay focused. Um, so overall, looking back, I think I, I don't I wouldn't have had it any other way. Um, of course, I would have wanted certain things, but it all worked out. Um at one point, I was able to still get a lot on on my birth birthing plan. I was able to have a child, my last child, non medicated, and use water therapy and um, have my husband present and uh, midwives be available and at hand. I mean, th- those are a lot of things that I feel like um, worked for my good. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So then what is the one piece of advice or one thing you would tell women as they get ready for their birth? Educate. Educate. I I thought you were going to say that. (laughs) Education is so big and I wish I would have known sooner. And I actually, I have multiple friends that were pregnant with me and I would just say, Hey, I seen this on um, this podcast um, I'll send it to them. Or, uh, there was a lot of questions out there and, um, it's so, it's, it's so simple just to kind of go with the motions. But if you were to educate yourself and truly understand how things work, even in your body, like there was one thing that you said on your podcast about pain that really kind of set with me till this day. And that's, you know, this is a different type of pain. And if you, readapt your mindset on the pain of birthing compared to hitting your um your big toe on furniture like it's two separate different things mm-hmm. and it's a good thing this pain is good it's going to lead to something good and so just those little things can change your mindset and so i absolutely get into something Uh, listen to a podcast, do a birthing class, um, include your husband. That's huge. Or whoever your support system is. Those are the things that I guess. Yes. Love it. And y'all, I I promise I did not pay her to say any of those things. (laughs) (laughs) All righty. Well, thank you, DeAndrea, for agreeing to come onto the podcast. Where can women connect with you? And you can say nowhere. Totally up to you. Um, I'm on Instagram. Um, I D. I don't even know what my actual <laughs> what my actual name is. Oh, that's I, okay. We can put it, and we can ask you later and put it in the show notes. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much. I so appreciate you taking the time to come on and share your story of how this like beautiful baby Asher was born. Yes. Thank you so much. Wasn't that a great episode? I'm so glad that things turned out well, despite the fact that she was diagnosed with COVID in the hospital and that she didn't have any long-term issues with having COVID. 
now after every episode where I have a guest on, you know, I do something called Dr. Nicole's Notes where I discuss my top takeaways from the conversation. Here are my Dr. Nicole's Notes from my conversation with DeAndrea. Number one, nice and supportive ain't the same thing, y'all, okay? Just because your doctor is nice doesn't mean that they will be supportive of the things that you want for your birth. I've seen so many people get tricked by this where they're like, oh, the person is nice. So you just assume that they will automatically be supportive. And that is not the case. I think sometimes social media makes it out to be like people who don't support you are like they're villains and they're terrible and they force you to do these things in labor and they force you to stay in bed and they force you to do this and that. But that's not actually how it typically goes. Most people are pretty reasonable and it's actually not that common that folks are going to be straight up like mean or forceful like that. It's typically that people are relatively nice. You know, they're not screaming or yelling, but they're not necessarily supportive of the things that you want. So in order to understand if they are supportive, you really need to ask those questions, which brings me to point number two. And that is how getting educated can make all of the difference, okay? Getting educated is so, so, so important. And yes, you are doing that through this podcast. Yes, yes, yes. So I'm glad that you are listening to the podcast, but you really need to do things like take it a step further, do some great childbirth education at a minimum, take my birth plan class. Again, it's make a birth plan the right way. You can sign up for it at drnicolerankins.com forward slash register, but get educated because it really can make all the difference in your birth experience. And then the final point that I want to make, and this may seem a little bit out of left field, but I see, or I've heard, I've had a lot of folks on the podcast, not a lot, but enough And just like talking to people say that they have switched from physician to midwifery care. And that is perfectly great. Um, I obviously support midwives. I work side by side with midwives on a regular basis. I am an OB hospitalist and I work side by side with certified nurse midwife hospitalist. I've trained with midwives. I fully support midwives 1000%. They, They provide excellent care. But the thing is, Midwives are not always readily available. There are lots of places where you won't have access to a midwife. And quite frankly, although there certainly is a lot of push for having more midwives, I can anticipate that the OBGYN specialty field organizations will push back to some degree because they don't want to give up completely taking care of obstetrics. Like I don't ever see that happening where we ever go to a model, like say Europe, for instance, where there is primarily midwifery care for low risk people and doctors are only for high risk patients. I I just don't see that happening. And even if it does happen, even if it does happen, it's going to be decades before that happens because um, of education and training and all of that good, great stuff. So I say all that to say, if you can't find a midwife, then try to find a doctor who has midwife-like qualities, all right? You may not necessarily find a doctor who has like long appointments where you can talk and have conversations, but you can find doctors who will be supportive of the things that you want for your birth. 
Um, I am proud to call myself someone who is a doctor that has midwife-like qualities. As a matter of fact, I think that is what is going to be a temporary solution or something that needs to happen regardless is that we adopt some of the things of midwifery um, care into our regular obstetric care for low-risk patients. So you can find a doctor who has midwife-like qualities, who listens to you, who's patient, who gives you time, who answers your questions. So if you can't find a midwife, look for a doctor with midwife-like qualities. All right, so there you have it. Do me a favor, share this podcast with a friend. Sharing is caring and sharing helps me to reach and serve more pregnant people, which is at the heart, soul, and passion of my work. And I appreciate your help in doing that. Also subscribe to the podcast and Apple podcast or wherever you are listening to podcasts right now. And if you feel so inclined, leave me a review in Apple podcast. I read those reviews. I love to hear what you think about the show. And it also helps the show to grow, helps other women find the show. And we can also continue this conversation on Instagram. I am on Instagram at Dr. Nicole Rankins. I'm also on the TikTok at Dr. Nicole Rankins as well, although I'm much more on Instagram, but I've started being on TikTok a bit too. You can follow me both places at Dr. Nicole Rankins. So that is it for this episode. Do come on back next week and remember that you deserve a beautiful pregnancy and birth.